Well, I appreciate those uh, kind words and uh, how big he built me up. Now I have to try to live up to it. Uh, I'll do my best. But uh, I, I, uh, this, place is, uh, this place has just been home to us. We love each and, each and every one of you guys, uh, just like you are our family. Um, you guys have always been there for us and uplifted us when we needed it, helped us financially when we needed it, physically, spiritually. Um, can't say enough about each and every single one of you. There's, I don't think there's one of you that hasn't come to me at a certain time of, of my life or, the, or our time here that uh, you haven't come to me and encouraged me in some way or said something and uplifting, and, and I appreciate that. I mean, um, you know, any, anyone does and anyone needs, you know, some of that sometimes. All of us uh, have our moments in, of weakness when we're spiritually down or physically down, and, and uh, we need somebody there to be able to pick us up, lift us up, and encourage us. And... Uh, Actually, that's a good, uh, a good segue into our lesson tonight, is putting others first. And uh, the question below it is, uh, who belongs? So, Mark 10, 13 through 22 is the scripture text we're going to be reading from tonight. And it says, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that were brought to them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. <clears throat> and, he was, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to, the, to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? For there is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto them, Master, all these things I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, <clears throat> One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he, and he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions." So all of us have kind of uh, heard this story, and so, uh, I mean, what have, what have we given up for the Lord? Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to mean money, it doesn't have to mean possessions, um, you know, like the, like the rich young ruler. We all have things that, we're, that, we're holding, uh, that are holding us back, and what is that for you? I mean, you know, I, I remember uh, when I first got into church, um, you know, obviously I had friends, worldly friends, um, you know, and, you know, we all hung out together and done things together and, and, you know, spent time together. And, you know, once you come to the Lord, it's amazing that, uh, <laughs> you know, there's friends that you thought were your friends. Um, they, uh, I don't think get scared off. Uh, I think it's more about conviction, probably. Uh, you know, they, they know they should be doing something different and there you are to remind them every single time, and they just, they don't want to be around a reminder. They're too young, they're having fun, 
And uh, so, you know, the, the friends that I had kind of moved on. And, uh, you know, I had, I had bad habits. You know, I had some addictions like anyone else would. Um, but, uh, you know, I had to distance myself from all that. I had, to, I had to move on. I had to become something different. And I had to allow the Lord to make me something different. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And you know, you, you hear the word reconciliation and, and all that. And so I was like, well, you know, I know what it means, but I'm going to go ahead and look it up just to see. And it says, restoration of friendly relationships. So I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting. You know, you become a new person and, you know, the, re the Lord suddenly restores into you some new friendly relationships. So, you know, we're now a new person, but he's now going to bring some new friends into our lives. And, uh, and the Lord did that for me. He brought new friends into my lives. Uh, you're all sitting right here, every single one of you. So, uh, you know, my, my five or six, you know, good friends I had, now I got a whole church full, so uh, I, I made out great. But, uh, but he also, through all that, you know, he provided a wife, a home, you know, all the things that you think you need, you, you know you need, and, and the things that just make life life, right? The things that we think are totally important. And, uh, but, you know, in that whole aspect of uh, giving up things for the Lord, you know, you're not giving up anything. I, I gained everything. As I said, I gained, I gained a church family. I gained new friends. Um, I gained my wife. Through my wife, now I, you know, I've gained my children and the, the joys and happiness and fears that come from that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and we all, I also, you know, through, through all this, this reading of this lesson and stuff, you know, we are his children. You know, as much as we want to supply for our kids, that's as, that's as much as he wants to supply for us. He wants to give us what? He wants to give us what? Everything. Why would he not want to give us everything? I mean, we're his children. What do we want to give our kids? Everything, right? So Matthew 6, 30 through 34 says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which to today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He's talking about me. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So let's, uh, let's go off of the last verse there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Most of the time in our lives are focusing and seeking on the things of here and now. And uh, if we just, we just seek the Lord, he's going to add 
all those things, our needs, our wants, our desires. Well, as I said, our friends, our habits, and he supplies even new addictions. And what's our new addictions? Well, my new addict addiction is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with the Lord. You know, I, I just, uh, it's, I think about it daily. You know, I, um, I think about what he's going to think about what I do, uh, what I say, um, how I respond to someone. Um, you know, and that's, that's we, we create those new habits and those new addictions. <clears throat> but we have to learn also how to share that knowledge, that wisdom with others. So how can we be a model or mentor for people looking to know God better? To be a good example. So 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 14 says, these things I command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the, of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands, by the presbytery. Neglect not the gift. Sorry, I'm reading it again. Okay, sorry, that was it. All right, so there was a few questions um, in this lesson, and uh, <clears throat> my wife and I have uh, we have both lessons. We have the adult and the youth, and um, I looked through both, and the youth had some interesting questions that I thought that. Um, you know, what kind of kind of lead into this. Uh, did someone show you how to make better choices in your life and your soul? If so, what did that person do? And how, how can we use that moving forward? Well, we've been talking about this a lot in our, uh, a lot about outreach in our, our minister, ministries meeting and stuff like that. And, um, this is the thing that, that the Lord has given to me because, I, you know, I've, I've been praying about it, thinking about it, and, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about it in a lot of our meetings. And I guess uh, what the Lord basically told me is remember what brought you in and kept you in. It's as simple as that um, for me. You know, obviously, I know what brought me in. I know what kept me in. Obviously, the Lord grabs on to you, shows you his love, shows you he cares, gives you his spirit, baptizes you, makes you clean. But what things did kept us here? You know, what, what right in the door, as soon as you walk in, what kept us here? Well, for Jody and I, it was, it was the fellowship. You guys are great at fellowship. You, uh, you're very friendly. Um, you're not very shy. You're outgoing. You make people feel welcomed. You know, I can stand out the door out there and watch anybody at any time welcome somebody in the door. Anyone here can do that. I've, I know each individual person in here pretty well. And I know that any of you could, could stand out there and invite me in at any time if I was a stranger. I know you could, and I know you can make me feel welcomed. But most importantly, I know you can make me feel loved. And that's what this world really needs. That's what this world is searching for. And so one of the big things that did help us was, um, it was kind of funny, I think it was maybe church service one or two, um, 
I think it was the very first Sunday night we were here. Um, we knew uh, Mike and Robin Porter. He was my fourth grade teacher. Um, he didn't have a great effect on me, obviously. I, uh, I, I was, uh, it wasn't his fault at all. He was a great person, great teacher. He just didn't have much to work with. So, so um, anyhow, uh, he, he grabbed us that night, and he took us in the prayer room to a youth boosters meeting. And they were having pizza that night. I mean, you know, who could turn that down, you know? So they were having pizza that night. They invited us in. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the very first meeting, you know, they actually, they actually acted like they wanted our opinion on things. And, you know, I don't know why, but... But, uh, but as soon as they got to know us, they changed their mind. But, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but we had a good time that night. We got to know everybody pretty quickly through that. Uh, the next thing was is that um, on Sunday nights, uh, we would stay after for service, and everybody get food and come back and fellowship. And, you know, um, as we were talking about that, the, the Lord reminded me of that. You know, remember all those times in the prayer room we had fellowship? Um, you know, when you got to meet everybody, know everybody personally, and um, just just get tied in. And you know how that is. Getting tied in is important. You know, it's, it's nice to know that you're needed, wanted, um, that you belong. And, um, you know, this church is very good at that. Um, and, you know, so the Sunday night thing tied us in very quickly. Um, we, we developed relationships, um, and then you know, once a month on Sundays, we were having youth boosters meetings and got to know some of them people more. And so we actually have, uh, you know, with a couple other couples, we, we've started back up the Sunday night fellowship. And um, any of you are welcome. Uh, we, we uh, after Sunday night service, we go over to the gym, everybody brings back food, and we just get to know each other. We have fun. And, um, you know, we play some volleyball. Um, you might not see me play a lot of volleyball, but my wife plays a lot of volleyball, <laughs> uh, so you're welcome to join us for that. Uh, I know that's a little commercial break, but, but um, you know, we need to be more diligent about thinking about others, putting others first and inviting others, um, making them feel welcomed. And like I said, you guys, are, you guys are just very, very good at that. And, you know, when I see somebody come in and... Um, and not stay very long, it kind of blows my mind a little bit, honestly. Um, you know, because I know, I know how I feel here. I know how you guys treat me. And I know what they're missing out on. And, I, and I, it, actually, it actually hurts me to see someone leave. It really does, because I, I know that, um, you know, they are either, the enemy is either pushing them away or... They've just missed out on a big blessing, and that, that's, that's, that's hard to watch sometimes. Uh, so, um, you know, we have a lot of opportunities here. Uh, like I said, I, I'm involved in Youth Boosters. Pastor was saying that. Uh, we do the Sunday Night Fellowship now. We have a marriage retreat coming up. Um, I know this sounds like a commercial break, but bear with me. I'm getting there, I promise. So, uh, we have... Uh, we have so many things. There's some improvements going on in the building. Um, if you know how to paint, you know, we love you. You're welcome to come anytime. Um, and, uh, you know, we have plenty of spots for that. Uh, so, you know, there, there are so many opportunities here. And, you know, I, I feel like sometimes that some people that do come in, 
don't feel like that they're welcomed into those opportunities. And, you know, the Lord's really been convicting me about that personally uh, because I am involved in, in a lot of these things. And um, uh, so, you know, for me to see somebody leave, I think, man, I, uh, maybe I failed them, you know. And you know what? I really think, I think that's healthy. I think that's good. I sh we all should feel that way. We should feel like, man, what happened? You know, we, we let somebody go, you know. And I think that's how the Lord really wants us to be. The Lord wants us to feel that. He wants us to feel that, that hurt, that despair. Like, man, what happened? That, that urgency to be like, man, don't let them go. What is, what is going on? And, you know, I don't know if, uh, if you guys ever experienced a double blessing, but let me just tell you, I've, I've got a double blessing before. And that double blessing is, is when you can be outside these doors, you can see somebody that you see maybe even on a regular basis, or you've seen them in the past and you just met back up with them and you're face to face with them and you see them and you know they're going through something, you can see the tears literally in the back of their eyes and you're able to say, can I help you? Can I pray with you today? Now, if they open up to that, which I've had it happen many, many times, you'll see that tear come from the back of the eye to the front of the eye. And you'll know the Lord just opened that door. And if you walk through that door and you're able to pray with that person, lay hands on that person, and see them get a blessing from the Lord and see them get touched, it is a double blessing because that person got blessed. And not only did that person get blessed, you got blessed. You literally got to see a move of God just because you looked into somebody's eyes and recognized something that has happened to you. you. You've been there yourself. You know what it looks like. The Lord will spiritually discern you, and you will look in their eyes, and the Lord will say, there it is. There it is. They need me right now. And you are about to experience a double blessing. They're getting a blessing, but you're getting a double blessing. I mean, you literally get to experience and get to see the Lord work, which builds your faith, but you also get to see someone else get a chance to go and experience the things that we get to experience on a daily basis. We are so blessed here, so blessed. So Psalms, um, or Proverbs 18.24, I'm sorry, throw you off there a little bit. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. This is not only talking about making friends or reaching out to people. It's talking about keeping friends. Keeping friends is showing yourself friendly. You have to show yourself friendly on a daily basis. Just because you made friends with a person one day does not mean they're going to be your friend for life. It's a relationship. You have to keep that up. You have to keep showing yourself friendly. And you have to stick close to them like a brother. That's why I call all these men brother. That's why I call these ladies sister. Because I want to be able to stick close, close to you like a brother. I want to be your friend. I want, to, I want to go through things with you. I want to be there with you. I want to experience things. And, and that, is, that is exactly what the Lord, that's exactly what the Lord wants from all of us. He wants us to be, 
He wants us to be reaching out at all times. And like I said, this is, this is not about me tonight. This is about others. This is about talking to others. Mark 10, 15. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So in this scripture, I mean, I, I always took it as you got to have faith like a child, right? Well, we have to be able to receive like a child. So there is times in our life that we need to receive a blessing. We need to receive a healing. Well, as a child, I mean, as a child, a child is not scared to come up and say, hey, can I have a piece of candy? Can I have a piece of gum? Right? They're not scared to do that. And so the Lord is, is, is uh, working on me through this and saying, man, you have not because you asked not, right? So we, gotta be, we have to be more like children. We got to be like, I need this. I need this healing. I need this blessing. I need this deliverance, right? More persistent, more irritating, more agitating. You know, kids are persistent. They don't give up. They're like, hey, 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 it's me again. Hey, 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 hey. And uh, even when they get 16 and 18 and need gas money, it's the same way. They don't care. So we need to, we need to receive we need to be able to receive like a child, but we also need to reach out like a child. We need to be that persistent on how much we want to see somebody succeed. How much do you want to see uh, anyone in here succeed? Look around you. Do you want to see anyone in here succeed? Anyone here to make it to heaven with you? I want to see every single one of these faces in heaven with me. That, that, is, uh, that would be the biggest blessing to me, is to, to uh, be able to get there, look around, and, be, and actually... I hope the Lord lets us recognize people. I hope he does. I hope so. Because I want to see you there. So, uh, and also, the other thing was, make friends like a child. You guys seen kids, you guys seen kids at the playground, right? I mean, they, they're not afraid to run up to kids, and they're friends in like two seconds. You know, they're like pushing each other on the swings. Never met, never met each other before in their life, you know? Yeah, that's my best friend. Yeah, they, they, uh, they gave me a piece of gum. I love them for life. You know, so it's, it's, it's so simple. We have to have that faith like a child. We have to be persistent. We got to reach out, not give up, not give in. So uh, let's see. Jesus' ministry showed that he cared for everyone, the young, the rich, the blind. So in what way can we show can we show love and care for children, particularly those which are not part of our family? So how do we love kids that are not part of our family? This is another question that was in there. I thought it was kind of interesting, you know. And first, we have to know what love is, right? Because uh, that, that doesn't just come naturally. Kids don't come to you and ask for help because they love you. You know, they, they come to you because they need something, Right? So we have to know what proper love is. So 1 John 4, 10 through 12 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation, I get it, I get it, for our sins. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. So, if we dwell in what? God? God dwells in us, and his love is perfect. So if we are of God, then we are perfect in love, right? So if we do all things the way God would do all things, then we are perfect in love. So if we, if, uh, say Brother Howard comes to the church, sorry Howard, I'm going to use you for a second, brother. So say if Brother Howard comes to the church and he helps me do something, does, is he doing that in perfect love? Yes, he always does it in perfect love, just to answer the question for you. And the reason I know he doesn't perfect love and he doesn't in God's love is because he pretty much does whatever I ask him to for God. He's, he's done all kinds of things for us and it's been just lovely, lovely of him. And uh, you can always tell when somebody's doing something in God's perfect love because they never ask questions and ever, they never say, uh, nah, not right now, I'll do it later. They always say, okay, brother, and they go for it. And Brother Howard's done that, and many, many, many of you have done that. Uh, Johnny P's been helping us out a little bit, too. How's Brother Johnny P? So, uh, let's see. So, can the children and people around you see God in you? Um... Is his love perfect in you and me? This next question isn't, uh, it's not very pleasant. It's uh, one of the ones that uh, makes you squirm a little. Do you feel jealous or insecure when other people excel in areas where you struggle? Have you ever felt jealous or insecure when other people around you excel where you struggle? I know I have. I mean, there's, there's been plenty of times in my life where I've been like, man, I wish I could do that. Or, man, I wish I had that. But, you know, how can you change those feelings? How can you, how can you get over that? Well, it's pretty simple because uh, the Lord lays it out pretty plain. So Exodus twenty seventeen. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shalt not er, nor his man servant, nor his maid servant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So we're not supposed to covet, right? Nice and simple, one of the Ten Commandments. So the Lord makes it pretty easy. How can you change these feelings? Well, he just says you have to. You got to get over it. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's one of God's laws. Um, see, I mean, you know, I could be jealous that Pastor can preach or teach better than I can, and um, you guys are a witness tonight that he can do that. But, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> if I allow myself to buy into that spirit, 
that, that I'll be jealous or envious, right? So, uh, oh, let's see. Boy, I'm losing it. <laughs> you got to have fun, right? I mean, you know the Lord has a sense of humor. He allows me up here. Uh, so, if someone else is better at something, sometimes it's just the Lord's will. That's what I've found out. Uh, the reason why I'm not good at, uh, you know, basketball is because um, LeBron James is supposed to be all-time scorer, not me. You know, and I and I heard uh, I heard today somebody asked him. They said, "Okay, now you're the all-time scorer. You've accomplished all these things. Um, what what do you wish you had, or what do you wish you could be?" And he said, um, "I wish I could be normal. I wish I could do normal things." And uh, he said, I wish I could go into Starbucks and buy a coffee and put my own name on it, you know. And the guy said, of course, he said he didn't feel sorry for him. But, but you know, there's always, there's always those things that, like, even someone like LeBron James' all-time scoring record, like, he, there's always those things where you can be envious or jealous. He's jealous of me. LeBron James is jealous of me because I can go to Starbucks and get my own cup of coffee. Now, come on. Really? Jealous of me. <clears throat> but sometimes he's leading us in another direction is the reason why we can't be good at something. He wants us in another area. He wants us for, for something else in the kingdom. But we're so focused on the thing that we can't do that we're missing out on the thing that we could be doing. So we have to sometimes change our perspective of let's, let's just, that's why we cannot be jealous. We cannot be envious because we're not supposed to be having them things. We're not supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be doing something else. And if we allow the Lord to take that from us and lead us in the direction we're supposed to be in, the Lord can use us in a mighty, mighty way. Because we are made in His image, in His likeness, and tonight we need to bind that spirit. We need to bind that spirit of jealousy. We need to bind that envy because we are His children. We are His children. How can we increase our sensitivity to needs of others, including their spiritual needs? So that was just a question to ponder on. Do we sometimes do... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Can't even read my own notes. This is it. Yeah, envious, jealous here. So, um, so, what I was getting at was, how can we increase our sensitivity to needs of others, including their spiritual needs? Well, it leads back to some of the stuff I was saying above, um, you know, in the last situations. But basically, it comes down to, we just need to pray. Ask the Lord to soften our hearts. But most importantly, we need to practice the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible says we will be known by our fruits. First of all, we need to know what they are, right? So Galatians 5, 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ. They 
that are Christ have crucified the, crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So, obviously, we have to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And that will take away, toward the end of the scripture there, it says, I will take away our envy of one another. Pray the Lord reveals this scripture to you this week. So, check, you know, obviously we know the fruits of the Spirit, but read it, ponder on it, go over it, and... Um, you know, let the Lord speak to you through this stuff. Uh, I, know he's, I know he's speaking to a lot of you. I mean, I, I see you here. You're very faithful. And uh, I tell you, some of our elders of our church are just amazing to me. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of them at times have to be, like, physically led in here. And those people are the first people here and some of the last to leave. And that just, that is so encouraging to me. So encouraging to me. So... If, uh, if nothing else, thank you. I mean, you know, Brother White, you, you, you come in here all the time, you're just chugging along, you know, you just, you make it. Brother Reagan, I have the utmost respect for you guys. I, I really, truly do. Every time you guys come when you're going through something, it, ups, it uplifts me. You're being, a, you're being that double blessing. I don't even think you even realize it sometimes, but you really, truly are. So, as we're helping others, you know, how can we do that? Obviously, we can do a Bible study, invite them to the marriage retreat. We can invite them to church breakfast. And, uh, you know, I, I challenge you guys to do some of that stuff. Reach out. Have that childlike faith. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be in shy. You're cheating yourself out of a blessing. You know, walk up to them just like you are a kid on the playground and look them in the eye. Look someone in the eye. If you look someone in the eye, it says the eye is the window to the soul. I actually talked about, I talked about that on another Wednesday night. And it's so true. There's been so many times I walked up with somebody, looked them in the eye, and like I said, you can literally see the tears in the back of that person's eye when they're talking to you. I, uh, I, I told you uh, I've got some Amish friends, and, and uh, uh, they're, they're, they're funny guys, actually. And, um, you know, they're so serious. They're not allowed to show emotion. And... Um, I walked up to one of them there, ah, it's been a few weeks ago, and this, I told you I walked up to another one one other time, but this is another guy here, he, uh, they're all young, you know, just married, having kids, trying to grow beards, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny to watch, but uh, so uh, they, um, you know, they're just, they're just good guys, but I, I walk up to one, and and he's trying to ignore me, trying to look away from me. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, and you can just tell he's like, he's just like, you know, don't, don't look, don't make eye contact, you know. And, um, you know, sure enough, he finally, he finally gets up the courage to make eye contact. And that was a big mistake because um, I, I could immediately tell that something was wrong. I said, what's going on? So he starts explaining, you know, and, and um, you know, even in that strict religion and even in, you know, with people that can't show emotion, they're not allowed to show emotion. Um, it's still there. Just because you can't show it doesn't mean it's not there. And, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord does not allow us to hide that for a reason. It's, it's apparent. It's visual. So we can recognize it, and we can be that God. We can be that, that moment that they need. So uh, 
Romans 8, 17. So I was telling you, obviously we're talking about being children. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, we are children of the Lord. We're going to go through things. We are joint heirs. What does that mean? What's a joint? This is my elbow joint, right? Keeps my arm together. This one barely, but this one does well. So this is a joint. It connects my lower part of my arm to my upper part of my arm, right? We are the body. Each and, in the, each and every single one of us are joined together. We are joint heirs in Christ. We are in this together. Let us never forget that. And um, may the Lord bless you throughout this week. Um, this, is, uh, this is all I have tonight. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to close in prayer. And then pastor can close the service, if that's okay. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for your spirit. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for all that you're doing for us, all you're going to do for us. Lord Jesus, I pray you just touch each and individual soul that's here tonight. Anyone that's online, Lord Jesus, I pray you uplift them, encourage them, help them to know that they are a child of God, they are as important to you as any one of the rest of us. Just because I am up here tonight, Lord, doesn't mean I'm any more important than that person that's at home right now struggling through things on, online, Lord Jesus. I pray right now that you touch them people, you be with them, you be with all these people that are in this service tonight. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here's your water. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. I appreciated the word, number one, and I was thinking of my grandchildren. And um, I don't know if you're blessed to have grandchildren that do this to you, but Brother Heath said, they, they will pester you and remind you and ask you again. And then they have a way of doing this. They'll have a way of saying, tomorrow can we go to whatever, McDonald's? And I'll, my response is, well, we'll see. And then the next day, Papa, you remember, you promised we were going to McDonald's. And I'm getting older, and I'm trying to think, did I actually promise? Or did I say, we'll see? Or, and I'll look at him, and I'll say, did I actually say we were going today? Or, well, you as much as did. I mean, you know, you, you said we'll see, and therefore, and you know, sometimes when it comes to talking to the Lord, Lord, your word, you promised you were going to heal, touch, deliver. <laughs> Now, you may not have actually told me that, but I'm standing on the we'll see. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord.